Hello, welcome back to the Body Talk podcast. My name's Alina Jenkins. If you are a regular listener to this show, you know it's a place where we try to offer you insights and expertise around presentation skills, communication skills, conflict resolution, mindset, and confidence. And today is a special episode, and I shall just pause now and then you'll realise why it's a special episode. Yeah, thanks, Alina. And uh, I'm Richard. Uh, I am the founder of Body Talk, but also host of the Lift podcast. So if you're listening on the Lift podcast track and wondering, who's Alina and why is she introducing this? Uh, Alina and I have been working together for a few years now, and we wanted to do a collaboration podcast on this one uh, for a special moment to talk about Body Talk and Lift. Yeah, it's always it's always lovely to have you on this podcast, Richard, because of course you you founded the podcast, you founded the company. So every time we get to come and have a chat together, it always feels like a a really lovely episode. Now we've got some exciting news to share, but I think that you have to be the one that says it. Yes, yeah, so this is certainly a special moment where uh, I've been running Body Talk now for a good couple of decades and really loving that journey of helping people with professional development, giving them skills to use in the workplace for the success there. And we realized over the last couple of years that there's so many people who actually need a lot of help in personal development, in their, their mindsets, in goal setting, in, in finding a more fulfilling life in many different ways. And so we wanted to expand our offering to all the people that we love working with around the world to give them two big offerings, which is Body Talk for professional development and Lift for personal development. And alongside that, there is a little bit of exciting news, a brand new book that's on the way, Lift Your Impact, which I'm so excited about. And uh, I've been working on this in the background secretly for a little while. And it's going to be published with uh, McGraw-Hill, who are a brilliant New York publisher. And uh, my editor there, Cheryl Segura, has been unbelievable at working with me to help make sure that this is the best book that I've come up with so far. (laughs) You've been following me for a long time. You'll know I've had a couple of uh, books previously. I had this book that came out about 10 or 12 years ago, which was kind of like quite a small book. This was the best I could do at the time. And then we sort of uh, progressed that a few years ago, I think five years ago now, when I had You Were Born to Speak. I was very proud of this book. It was very much the best book I could do at the time then. Uh, But in my work with McGraw-Hill and with Cheryl, uh, she's really sort of whipped me into shape. And this is by far the best book I've ever been able to create. I feel completely exhausted and numb by the process now (laughs) to to get this book to the shape that it's in. But I'm so excited and it is coming out uh, in May of 2023. Because Richard, the very first time I met you, and actually, it was the second time I met you and talked about coming to work with you at Body Talk. And you gave me You Were Born to Speak. And I had an electric car at the time. And I remember stopping at Fleet on the way back home, feeling inspired by our meeting and starting to read the book and thinking, I really want to go and work with Richard. He's written this. Is, this is a fantastic book. So how does this follow on from You Were Born to Speak? Is it standalone or are there some crossovers with it? Yeah, great question. So I think with You Were Born to Speak, what I was aiming to do is to give people the best of the best of what we were teaching people at Body Talk in the way of professional uh, communication skills that people could use in lots of different situations. And I've always been on this mission to really help people find their voice and be able to communicate and express themselves in the best possible way. And that was really around, you know, lots of work situations where you could use uh, communication skills with Lift Your Impact. What I've been aiming to do is to go a step beyond that. And so you can buy this standalone and have this as your your only uh, sort of work that, that you want to, to build from. And what it starts off with, I've really split this into three major areas, which uh, people who've 
been working with this in the past will know that's what we like to do. Make sure that it's memorable and actionable. And the first big piece in there is working around mindset. Uh, it's something I know that people have really struggled with over the last couple of years where maybe they have found it challenging going through that pandemic and there's been challenges with like inflation and economy doing strange things and people not going back into the workplace, some people feeling isolated, feeling like every day is Groundhog Day and wanting to figure out how to thrive, like how do they look after themselves before they then go and sort of commit to whatever they're doing in the way of work and other pieces. And so that first piece, I really wanted to dive much more deeply into skills and, and strategies that people can be using to make sure they lift themselves, that they are feeling lifted at the start of the day, throughout each day, and that they're able to expand uh, their potential in that piece where I've looked at a lot of people who have been discussing how they feel burnt out by what's been happening recently. They're just working so hard. And when you're working from home, I've known this, because I've, I've always historically worked from home. When you're working from home, it's harder to switch off. So you're working more hours, trying to get more done, maybe feeling more overwhelmed or stressed out. And so I wanted to see if there was a way for people to expand their potential, to find more of themselves so that they can show up each day as the greatest version of them uh, before they then even get involved in the communication piece. And then that second major piece within the book is around lifting your influence, which you can use with your friends, family, community, and everyone that you work with to engage them and get them to move in the direction that you'd like things to go so that they, you feel like you, you're more connected with people. You're more able to, to influence things in the direction that you'd like it to go, but you have deeper relationships with them as well. And then that final piece I wanted to talk to people about in the book around lifting your future is to help people with the pivotal events that happen in their life and also the pedestrian events that can make all the difference to transforming their momentum towards the success and a really deeply fulfilling life. So it's, it's, a, it's a big beast, this book. When I was rereading it recently, ready to do the audio book, I thought, wow, I feel like I've written like four books in here and I sort of aim to get them all in there together. But I like to over deliver for people and give them something that's really worthwhile. What I found, Richard, through, through reading it is that firstly, there's some, some lovely personal stories which connects the reader with with you, um, but also I think would resonate with very many people because you've been through, uh, you know, quite quite a journey in in your career. But also what you've got in there as well uh, is lots of kind of links back to the psychology and science, which is mm. which is great. And the other thing I really like is that there's exercises in there, so it it's almost in a way I, I kind of feel like it's it's what we do in our in our training and you've managed to translate that so beautifully then into into a book um were there some were there some standout moments for you were there some some bits in there that you thought this this actually really had an impact on my life and mm. i want to share it with with the readers yeah i think there's a couple of bits that stand out from that so so firstly in the making of this book, what I've been so aware of for a couple of decades of teaching people is that sometimes uh, there have been people who who we've worked with who said, look, you know, it's, it's all very well for you uh, being able to sort of stand up on the stage and, and communicate with people and motivate them. I'm not that kind of person. I can't do it. Some people have said to me, oh, Richard, you're clearly like an, an extrovert who just has naturally always been good at communication. and You can go out and do those things. I'll never be able to get there. And so I wanted to share some personal elements in this book that I haven't uh, been able to share before. So firstly, uh, just around a year, just over a year or so ago, I, I was diagnosed uh, autistic. And uh, it was a big revelation for me where I thought, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that coming, although I sort of had rumblings in the background for a couple of years. 
and I'm also highly introvert. And so I wanted to share with people in here that, you know, in order to be successful at communicating, engaging with people, influencing others, whatever challenges you're facing, you're still able to do an incredible amount and and be successful and and fulfill your potential in so many different ways. It's not like I, you know, I was sort of born with with a, an easy ticket to all these things. Even though I do I do recognise I have uh, all sorts of privileges uh, in my life, but there were certain challenges that I had to overcome uh, on that journey. And so that part I really wanted to share with people so they could understand that well maybe if if I could do it then they'd be able to get there as well. But the second part around it that really stood out for me that has resonated so much with clients uh, over the last couple of years, particularly, is talking about values and a vision. And this is something that I think so many, so many companies talk about, you know, here's our values and here's our vision. But often I find that they, they end up being a poster that's on the wall that people walk past at the elevator, but they don't really connect with each day. They sort of stumble past it and go, oh, yeah, uh, integrity and teamwork. Yep. Got to remember that when I go back to my desk. But it doesn't really necessarily drive every behavior. It doesn't motivate them when they're getting out of bed in the morning. And this is something that for me, going through the last couple of years, as, as someone leading a business where you know our industry was really struck by the pandemic, you know, this is a live events business back in 2019, 70% of our work involved getting on an airplane and going overseas. And all of our work involved being live with people in an enclosed area, all of which was made illegal by the, the pandemic. So everything we did was shut down and our industry really struggled through that time. And then there was all sorts of other events that were going on where you know our, our business was under attack from different pressures that were happening around us. And it was a struggle for me to figure out, well, how am I going to get through this process and come out uh, stronger because I'm responsible for my family, I'm responsible for my team, I'm responsible for... Uh, making sure that our clients feel supported and successful. And there's so much that I want to uh, be. I want to be there for other people. And so I really dug into well, what are my values? What is my vision? What is going to keep me strong every day so that I get out of bed every day motivated, committed to the work that I'm doing, committed to supporting and providing for the people around me? How can I do that? And so I did uh, really deep work on myself, which I put into this book too, to make sure that if anyone is struggling, they're feeling demotivated, overwhelmed. Uh, and they're not sure what to do about that to make sure that they can they can create a really strong life vision, but not just out of a sense of, well, I think that based on marketing around me and what my parents and friends think I should have, maybe I should go for this life. Instead of that, I wanted to give people a sense of a true North Compass where every day they can think, I know who I want to be. I know what my purpose is. I know what kind of future I want to create for me and for the people around me. And they can be driven towards it based on this and have the tools that will actually take them uh, on that journey, which as a side note is also built around the hero's journey, which you, you'll know, Alina, we love uh, you know, teaching storytelling uh, through the work that we do. And I wanted to see if I could take people through that full like uh, evolution, if you like, of someone through their life where they get uh, to to go on an adventure through the book, they get to write things down as they're sort of workshopping, as if they're you know as if I'm there with them, coaching them through certain pieces, and they get to change what they're doing. Then they get to build build up tools and strategies that they need on this adventure that help them build up relationships and allies that will take them through the darkest cave and out on the other side, so that they can come back with the elixir, if you like, that allows them to get to the next level of their life and lift the people around them. So yeah, like I say, so much has gone into this book, but I feel really proud that I feel it's going to really truly help people lift their impact for, for them and, and the people whose lives they touch. 
Tina Richard, it was fascinating for me reading it because obviously we do a lot around storytelling. It's, it's at the heart of our of our training. But for, the, for people listening and, and thinking, oh yes, I remember doing that. You know, our, our pro our pro script, our our pro module that we do. You actually go very much deeper, and this is sort of based on the partly in the work of Carl Jung, but around all the archetypes. So I wonder mm. if we could if we could spend just a few minutes explaining to people how we we kind of take the concepts which most of us are now perhaps familiar with but you go deeper and, and why that can help people. Yes. Yeah, so so Carl Jung is an area that I wanted to get into. I've been studying much more deeply and getting certified in the use of his work uh, because so Carl Jung is the person who popularized the term archetypes back in the early 1900s, which are essentially behaviors. And there are an unlimited number of archetypes uh, available for us out there in the collective subconscious. And what, what that means is that you can see a set of behaviors depicted throughout history, that you can see them, you know, from, from cave drawings going through, you know, various ancient texts, different stories and legends that depict certain types of behavior in certain types of characters or archetypes. And uh, they are there, therefore, for all of us to tap into. And uh, the challenge that I find sometimes when we have worked with people in the past is that they may show up to a workshop and say, uh, look, I want to achieve different goals than I've been able to achieve in the past. But the thing is, this is who I am. Uh, this is how I act. This is how I behave. This is how I think. And I want to achieve something different. And our job uh, oftentimes has been able to, has been saying to that person, if you want to ch- achieve something different, there has to be a different type of behavior and a different way of thinking, a different way of approaching each day, which is not about you becoming something different. It's about tapping into more of yourself, about expanding more of your own potential. And that's what these archetypes allow you to achieve. So to give you an example on this, there's a pair in there, which is the servant versus the shield uh, archetype. And so the, the servant archetype is somebody, and um, if people resonate with this, where what you'd like to do at all times is to be the wind other pe- under, uh, underneath other people's wings, where you want to help elevate the people around you uh, continuously being of service. It's quite a humble position to be in. It might be a background sort of role that you're playing behind the scenes to elevate the success of other people. And it can be deeply fulfilling, but it can also cause limitations where you can get to the point of uh, if you uh, are feeling in a negative state within that servant archetype, it can start to feel like being a martyr, thinking that you feel uh, underappreciated and constantly having to do things for other people and you feel frustrated by being stuck in that archetype. And occasionally other elements of you are going to need to come out in order to succeed. So I think about this in terms of, uh, say, tennis. If you're, if you're to learn to play tennis and then you get really good at the forehand and you think, I'm a forehand kind of person, that's who I am, that's who I'm meant to be, that's how I think, that's how I move, that's how I behave, and somebody hits a ball to your backhand, you might suddenly think, well, I'm not a backhand kind of person, but then you'd lose every game. And you could maybe find someone on your team or in your family who's good at backhand and say, hey, you get the backhands, but eventually you're going to be in a situation of either dependency on them or you're going to end up playing a game at some point in your life by yourself where the ball goes to the backhand and you lose. So expanding your choice of archetypes allows you to say, sometimes I'm going to need to hit a backhand or a serve or a volley and to explore more of yourself such that you're able to awaken that part of your potential. So from the servant position, the shift can be towards the uh, the shield, which is at the other end of the scale, uh, other end of this uh, spectrum of archetypes that I describe in the book. And the shield is there really to provide and to protect. 
provide and protect. And so it's very much a symbol of strength. Uh, this is something that uh, we were languaging initially as I was devising these archetypes, you know, looking through all the research, wanting to find something that would really resonate with people, and originally looked at as being more the silverback. And I thought, well, I, I don't want silverback because it's not uh, gender neutral. I want something that everybody are going to feel that they, they can really associate with. And so we came up with this shield symbol, and suddenly I found that people were really resonating with that from every background. And it's important to be able to go back and forth from them and then the other archetypes that we have in there uh, is uh, you've got the sovereign in there, which is sometimes in uh, ancient archetype systems talked about as being the, the king or queen. But again, we wanted to get something that everybody could associate with. Uh, you've also got the sage, which is more that sort of wise, more uh, thoughtful version of yourself that is able to take time and be patient, thinking through the wisdom and life experience you have to respond to a situation where the sovereign is really there for uh, cut and dry decision making, uh, making plans and strategies. Then there is showtime, which we, which is something that we often ask people to step into at Body Talk, where we say, look, it's time for you to stand in the spotlight and stand up for your ideas and really let your voice be heard. And so there's an energy about that of, of leading the way through being bright and sparkling with the way that you explain your ideas. And then at the final one is the sprite, which I found that, you know, for some people have maybe, maybe not made enough time for over the last couple of years. The sprite is much more the playful element of us that allows us just to be, to be free from uh, sort of rigid planning and just able to go with the flow of life, to make other people laugh, to be playful within ourselves. And by, by being able to access all of these parts of yourself, and all of us have access to all of these, these are not outside of you, even if you know, hearing the description of those, you might think, oh, I think I'd do more of this and maybe less of that one. They are all part of us. We're able to tap into all of them. And if we're not tapping into them, we can feel stuck in a rut, we can get burned out, and we can lose out on potentially the, you know, the success we deserve in various aspects of our life by, by not allowing ourselves to expand into our full potential. I'm wondering, Richard, if, if people listening to this might be thinking, oh, I've done my MBTI or I've done my insights and, you know, I sit in the in the blue camp or the yellow camp. And, mm. Oh, is there some crossover with those mm. personality assessments, which are, which are very, very common in the workplace? Yeah. So, I mean, MBTI, as people may know, uh, depending on how familiar they are with it, is built off of Carl Jung's work as well. So uh, I find that those those elements can be useful. And, you know, whether people find that they're a blue or a red type, th those elements can be useful as well. The, the limitation that I've come across with those systems can simply be that it can box people in too harshly into one way of being, as if to say, this is who you are and this is all that you will ever be. And then that can lead to burnout at work or even in a family situation or in a relationship where we, we get into a zone of working with, the, with people. And what people tend to do, and I experienced this years ago as an actor, they like to pigeonhole you and go, ah, I know who you are. You're the boy next door. That's who you are and that's who you'll ever be. And then, you know, you can find this with actors who get frustrated saying, but I want to play the villain in a role. And they go, no, 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 we just sort of pigeonhole you over here. And so this can happen in the way you react and relate to different people at work and at home, where if you get into that, uh, that, that trap, if you like, of thinking, well, this is who that person is and this is who I am, and we can only interact with each other in this one way, then it could be that you get to burn out with that relationship thinking, I don't want to be this part of myself 
anymore. I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm going to leave this company. I'm going to leave this relationship. So I get to express and be more of myself somewhere else. And then you can often find that person. They leave the job, they leave the relationship. And then suddenly they have this sort of new lease of life and this new way of behaving. And people say, wow, you know, you've really come back to life. Where did that come from? And it's almost like they've been set free from that position. And to go back to, you know, personality profiles and systems, there was one version of this that I did going back a few years ago. I won't mention which one it was, but because uh, I don't want to say anything negative about the, you know, these systems. I, f- I found them very useful for getting a sense of where I am right now. But uh, there was one system that is supposed to be the most thorough, the most in-depth version of personality profiling you can ever get. And I did this system once a few years ago. There's a guy who was an ex-Marine who, who wanted to work with me on this. And I said, wow, this is amazing. He gave me this 20-page report. And I said, you've seen deeply into my soul. This is exactly who I am. And I did the same system about five years later with a coach that I was working with. And I said to her, oh, I've actually already done it. Would you like me to send you the report? She said, no, 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 I'm going to do it with you. And the fun thing about these reports is that this is the way you always are and always will be during your life. So I'll do it with you as well. And you'll see the reports will be the same. So we did it. And I saw her that, you know, the following week and she said, it, it, what she was, was so surprised by is that the, the scores that I had, not in everything, but in several important sections, were wildly different than they had been a few years earlier. And she said it was the first time she'd been able to see what it looked like when someone did the same uh, test, if you like, five years apart, and how much we can change based on situations. So we discussed, well, you know, what have I been doing during those five years? And I said, well, you know, life has tested me and challenged me in these different ways. I've had to learn how to be more this part of myself. And so we discussed, you know, that that ability, that opportunity to see uh, a profiling test as a moment in time of how you prefer to do things right now based on what's working for you, but not to let it limit you to say that's all that you can ever be, but just to know, okay, there are other behaviors that you can access that are part of yourself that you can use in different situations. And what I found really fascinating about this too, as a sort of a last thought on this, is that I ran a retreat uh, last year where it was a four-day retreat where I took a group of people together and led them through these archetypes. And the archetypes are also associated with different elements. So if you look at the Eastern philosophy on archetypes, they tend to lead people through, uh, it's, it's a mixture, but generally sort of five elements. Sometimes they talk about more than that, uh, going through sort of uh, wood and fire and water and so on. And I led people through these, uh, these archetypes. At the end of that weekend, I happened to get an email about two days later from an organization saying, would you like to find out which element you are? You can go through this test. You can see which one of these is the most appropriate uh, for you and your personality. And it said, before you answer the question, it said one of them will come up with a 90% score or so, and the rest will probably be around 10 or 15% score. And you'll see which one of these you are. I thought this would be really fascinating to do after this retreat. So I, so I did it and it was maybe 200 questions you have to answer. And I came out with the report and every single one of the elements for me uh, was around 68% score uh, for, for all of them. There was only sort of 2% variation up or down on them. And that for me was really a sense of validation that this work of getting people to expand into these different elements, because I you know I was doing it myself as we were going through the retreat, I was going through all the processes with everyone that allows you to balance out who you are and connect more fully with every element of yourself so that you can live life in a way that is more well-rounded, where you feel uh, a sense that that if you want to be more playful, you can be. If you want to be more the wind beneath someone's wings, you can be. You, you can step into different aspects of you, which beca- becomes so much more fulfilling in every aspect of your life.
I, I'm fascinated by what you were saying there, Richard, about the sort of ability to change and how we do change through time. Some of us mm. do make those changes. Many of us don't because we feel safe where we are. Yeah. And that idea of stepping outside of, of the, the comfort zone is is just, it's too much. It's, I, I don't want to take the risk. This might happen, you know, the, the, the negative beliefs. And there's there's many parts actually in the book which address that idea of how can you be maybe brave enough to take that leap? Um, I just wondered if you could share some of, some of your thoughts yeah. on that and how you've had to do that as well. Yeah, so I think talking about the comfort zone is so important because the way I like to think about it is this. For you to stay inside your comfort zone, what you have to do is to think, well, what are the things that I most enjoyed, most felt comfortable doing yesterday? And so when you do this, when you have a comfort zone, it doesn't say, stay the same size. It actually slightly shrinks each day because you think, well, what, what was least comfortable for me yesterday? Well, I won't do any more of that. What was most comfortable for me? I'm going to do some of that. And then gradually you find that your comfort zone is so small that you can't help but bounce into the edges of that comfort zone every day. And you go, ouch, oh, I don't want to do any more of that. Ouch, I don't want to do more of that. I'm going to stay right in the middle and stay really safe. And then suddenly your experience of life becomes really limited, that there's very few things you can do without feeling uncomfortable. Uh, so that's one way of doing things, which sort of feels like it's sort of uh, you know short-term gain, thinking don't do the things that were painful yesterday, but it's really long-term pain because your, your comfort zone shrinks then every day. Whereas if you go in the other direction of thinking, I'm willing to experience some short-term pain for long-term gain, then each day I will step slightly outside of my comfort zone just to see what it feels like being out over here. What, what could I do out over here that is slightly beyond what I felt capable of yesterday? Then you gradually expand that comfort zone. And then imagine doing that over the course of a year then suddenly the things that you can do where you feel free, you feel comfortable, you feel confident, you're enjoying life are so wildly expanded. You have this much more expanded version of your comfort zone. And that's a place where I want to be able to live my life. And certainly, you know, as I said earlier with communication, communication was something I really struggled with. Back at school, I was told that I was not very good at communicating. A friend of mine gave me a book on body language saying, you should probably read this because you're really not good at this stuff. And then, you know, here I am running a company called Body Talk, teaching people how to do this stuff because I enjoyed expanding my ability there. And I thought I really need to free other people up from their comfort zones too, so they can have more skills in this area. So it's something I encourage everybody to lean into and particularly to think about that, uh, that balancing of being prepared to accept some short-term pain for long-term gain is definitely the way that I'd like to go rather than short-term gain for the long-term pain. Yeah. Uh, and I think you mentioned as well in the book is, is try and do something that if, might not have quite got the language right, but do something that scares you every day. Even if it's just, okay, the thought of having to talk to someone I don't know scares me. Even if it's saying hello to someone on your morning walk, because the more you go, well, actually, that wasn't scary at all. Yeah. I think those those little pieces that you can lean into each day are really important where, you know, if I think about that in so many different aspects of my life. So first of all, when I was a teenage boy, I went to an all boys school. I was terrified of speaking to girls, but, you know, I wanted to because I wanted to have a, a relationship, but it felt so incredibly scary, particularly because I had so few, few opportunities to do so. There might be, you know, three occasions a year where the boys school and the girls school would get together and do something. Uh, so there felt like a lot of pressure around it. And so I decided uh, when I was in a situation in my early 20s where I thought, okay, uh, I'm not in a relationship. I would like to be in a relationship. 
uh, but I'm sort of scared speaking to the opposite sex. What should I do about it? And I thought, well, I'm going to have positive intentions here. I'm not going to harass people, but I will just be positive and be uplifting and take opportunities just to step outside my comfort zone and you know speak speak to other people, speak to girls, women uh, in a way that's you know positive and, and friendly at every opportunity just to get to that space of comfort zone, which is where, which certainly helped me by the time I, I then met um, my wife, uh, who I've been with now for a couple of decades, it was much easier for me then to engage with her because I'd been stepping outside the comfort zone to do so. And the same goes in growing a business. I remember when I first was uh, you know, running this business where it was terrifying to speak to a client, to do a sales pitch, my goodness, just to get, you know, just to convince them to book me to do a job for them for an hour. I'd be beside myself, I'd be sweating, I'd be meditating, I'd be doing all sorts of things just to build up the courage to pick up the phone and call them. And then I'd find that they weren't available that day. I think, oh, I just have to go through this entire thing tomorrow. Uh, but then, you know, these days, you know, I'll speak to maybe we might do sort of four or five client uh, calls, which might involve pitching to them per day. And I just think, okay, who's next? Yep. That's good. Ready to go. Click. And, and suddenly away you go. And so, you know, if ever you look at somebody who you think, oh, I'd love to be as successful as that person, but I, I just wouldn't be able to do all the things that they're doing. If somebody had told me years ago, you know, Richard, you'd be running a team with 20 brilliant and very talented, very passionate people working uh, with clients all over the world. And you'll be doing, you know, seven Zoom calls a day and, you know, coaching people on stage with a thousand people. I would have said, there's no way I can do that. If you gradually expand the comfort zone day by day as a daily practice, then you, you just won't believe what you're able to do in 10 years' time. Richard, I wanted to come back to this idea of lift. So mm. it started off as an idea. You've created a podcast series where you speak to lots of different people about how their insights have helped them lift their team, lift themselves as individuals, lift, lift their companies. Um, and of course, we always like the rule of three at Body Talk. So we've got, we've had the podcast, we've got the book, but you're always, you've also been mentioning the word retreat in this conversation that we're having. And I know you had one, which your first one last year, which was incredibly successful. So I'm wondering if you could share with the listeners your, your thought on what this retreat is and, and what you're helping people to achieve. Sure. So with the retreat, I love working with people. I've always loved teaching people. Back from the first time that I did my sort of first session that I was running for Body Talk, I left feeling elated, thinking this is amazing. I feel like I've really given people a, a, a gift. And so I've always enjoyed this. But there are the, the most significant event for me in my history of the last 23 years of doing this was without question this retreat. Uh, it felt for me the most transformative offering that we've ever uh, offered to people. And uh, I felt completely elated doing this. And you may remember, Alina, that uh, you and I were doing an event in Pennsylvania, I think it was, uh, the day before this retreat took place. And then we flew, uh, did we fly? Oh, yeah, I think we flew overnight. And so uh, I, I hadn't had a night, a proper night's sleep. I think I maybe slept for two hours on the plane coming back and then went straight to run a four-day retreat, which is 7 a.m. in the morning. We're, we're looking after people until 10, 8, 10 p.m. Uh, in the evening. And so it's a very full-on uh, situation uh, from, from my perspective to lead people through this. But still, I felt completely full of energy uh, at all times running it. And I think the reason being what we're able to take people through in this experience. So if anyone is thinking about uh, going through this uh, with us, it's it's just quite extraordinary. What we do is we, we take uh, up to 16 people at a maximum who come through this, who are going to 
go through a journey where they overcome anything that is a current challenge in their life, whether they're feeling sort of stuck or frustrated, if they have a sense of just feeling like they're in a rut and they've lost a sense of purpose or, or meaning in where they are in their relationships, in their work, wherever they are in their life. And we take them through an entire journey of the hero's journey in the space of those four days, where they go through a sense of the ordinary world, which is where the hero's journey starts, which is the sense of well, where are you right now? They get a call to adventure from me as they go into a potential new world. They get to meet the mentor, which is the mentors they're going to get from everybody else uh, around uh, the, the experience with them. They'll learn how to mentor each other, how to lift each other to a new level. They then get to expand who they are through working on these archetypes and finding out more about themselves, expanding their potential for every aspect of their life. They have a release where there's a fire ceremony where we get to release all the stories from the past, all the things that are clinging, clinging us back to where we used to be, ready for rebirth and new life. And then they get to expand their sense of how to build out relationships, how to feel deeply connected with people, how to ignite their purpose for life. And there's a massive celebration that happens at the end. And this particular one that we're running in May of this year is in the New Forest in England. We go out into the New Forest to be connected with nature as well. Uh, there's connection with the elements that happens. There's incredible food. The, the team we put together, I mean, I, I, I can't wait to be there again because the food is so good. And there's a lady that we work with uh, on the events in the UK called Shirin, who is mind-blowingly brilliant at doing uh, meditation sessions, yoga sessions, getting people connected with themselves. And so there's such a spirit that's brought about this event. But what I'd love particularly is since the event that we ran last year, the people who attended it, they've stayed in connection with us and with each other all the way through. They, they've worked on projects together. They've been supporting each other in incredible ways. And so it's fascinating to see the ripple effects that have happened for all of them as they stay connected with us, sort of sharing their journey uh, ever since. So yeah, it's it puts a smile on my face just thinking about this event because I know how special it was for every single one of us who were there. And so I, I cannot wait to deliver this for people again. Also, Rich, I, I, you reminded me of that Pennsylvania trip, and we were all in the in that big black Cadillac coming back from Pennsylvania down to um down down to the airport. I was staying in New York for a couple of extra nights, and you said to all of us, you said, "Forgive me if I'm quiet. I need to think about this retreat." And you you sat in the cab, but we were all nattering, uh, and I remember how I, I got the sense of how you were feeling. Is that I could tell that you were really excited. There was also that sense of this is really important to me and I want it to go well. And what was really lovely for me was then I saw and heard about the feedback from the from this retreat and what it did for you and what it did for everyone else. And it's just interesting to you know we've been talking about kind of mindset is that mm. you, you have one of the most positive mindsets of anybody that I know. And it's interesting that even, even there is still that moment of, will this work? Will this work? But it, mm. it does because of you teach or not teach yourself, but you yourself demonstrate all these values that you then go and help other people with. So I'm I'm thrilled for you that this is where it is now because I just remember that cab ride back from Pennsylvania. And also thinking, hold on, it's two o'clock in the afternoon here in Pennsylvania. You've got to be in the new forest tomorrow at midday. Goodness knows, goodness knows how how you how you did it. Yeah. So so the next one is in May, is it the, the retreat? Are you planning some more? 
yes, certainly. So yeah, the, the next one is in May uh, or of this year in in England. So if people can come from wherever you want to come from in the world, that's the opportunity uh, to be there. And uh, if you want to get details about it, you can go to liftyourimpact.com. You can find out details about this retreat. Uh, there will be more in future, but we don't have any confirmed dates yet. So if you're thinking, I'll wait to the next one, book on this one. <laughs> you only go on this one because it takes so much time for us to to put this together. We want to get the right group of people, the right team working on this. And so uh, we're not sure when the next one will be. So uh, yeah, there will certainly be more. I certainly hope so uh, in the future. But this is the one for people to go to uh, for now. It'll be happening in May from the 18th to the 21st. And if anyone happens to be listening to this podcast, you know, six months or a year uh, after this, just go to liftyourimpact.com and you'll be able to see whatever is happening currently. Yeah, I live I live not far from the New Forest, Richard. So I'm just so excited that people get to come and see this beautiful part of the world. Because if you've never been, it's just the loveliest place. Because uh, you you drive through, and there, if people don't know the New Forest, there are, there are free roaming ponies and donkeys, and depending on the time of year, pigs. So it just feels like you're you're already connecting with nature before yeah. before you even arrive. Back to the book, Richard, because uh, as we do as we're talking about this, it's not quite out yet, is it? So when when's when's the big release? Yeah, so so the book comes out. This is actually like a uh, sort of a dummy version that I've got. I haven't even got a real full copy uh, yet. But uh, this comes out on May the 2nd, uh, and that is in the US and in the UK. So there's various places that you can go and get Lift Your Impact. You can pre-order it, uh, and I do encourage pre-orders. Uh, so they, you can get them from uh, Amazon, of course, uh, Barnes & Noble, Porchlight, Books A Million, BookPal, uh, or if you've got a big bulk order, if you're thinking, well, this sounds great, I want to get this for my team. Maybe if you've you know worked with us before and you've got a bunch of people who might want it, if you just uh, come to us directly with any requests that you may have uh, around that, then uh, we can let you know about what we can do for bulk order prices. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, uh, going to liftyourimpact.com to find out about the retreat, and you can email. Uh, let me get this right. I think the best one to do is to email richard.newman at liftyourimpact.com if you want to know about getting the book and then we'll talk about bulk orders that we can get for you. And I'll put all of those links in the text and the copy. So if you're watching this, if you're watching the video, it'll be on our website. We'll put it all in the in the um, show notes as well. Richard, before you go, what's your what's your highlight of the book? What's the the one thing that really stands out for you and that you're excited to share? I, I think the piece for me that I, I really loved about this book, I wasn't sure how it would go down with uh, with the publishers because I didn't tell them I was going to do this before I handed over my first version of the manuscript. But what I really loved about it, this is that it's an interactive book. And so with each of the pieces that I'm talking about, I, I wanted to get people to put pen on paper and really make change because, you know, I've read books in the past. I really liked and I was inspired by and then I think, oh, yeah, that was a good book I read a few years ago. Yeah, I must maybe put some of that stuff into practice, which has never been how I wanted to do things. What I've really loved, there's been a couple of totally transformative books for me where they would they would share information. They give you the strategies. They give you the story behind it, they give you the science behind it. And then they would say, your turn. Let's get involved. Let's do something right now. Let's do an activity. And so I love that it, it feels like, you know, I'm sort of there coaching people on the spot all the way through. And there is the space within the book if people want to write there or they can get a, a sheet separately or be, you know, writing up on a tablet, however they want to do it. But they are taking part in the book. So it becomes their journey, their experience. And I was so pleased that when I put forward that idea, the publisher and the editor were very much on board with that, uh, that idea of things. So, uh, you know, I really hope that people will get the book and get involved with it and make it their own and therefore feel a sense of transformation 
if they can't come to the retreat in England, which is like a live immersive version of that taking place, taking them to another level, then they can anywhere in the world. They can get the hardback book, the ebook, and the audio book, which I'm just about to uh, to record, and that'll be there for people to go through this as an experience that will really aim to lift them and lift their impact. I'm glad you mentioned the Audible book because I know there'll be a lot of people like myself and you who like to do that walking meditation. So I like to go mm. for a walk in the woods behind where I live and I'll stick an audio book on. So it also, will also be on Audible, which you now have to go and record, Richard. So I can imagine that's quite a job <laughs> to yeah. do. Oh, Richard, it's always lovely to have you on the podcast. You were the originator of this, the original host of this podcast. So so great to have you with us. And congratulations on the book. I know we're all excited about it. You must be. I know that Gemma yeah. must be very proud as well. So as I mentioned, I'll put all the links in the podcast notes and on the website. Great to see you, Richard. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again very soon with another episode of the Body Talk podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.